When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of TFL's Talking Cars, and today I've got Nathan with me. Hey Nathan! Hey guys! Hey Roman! Can you believe this is year that uh, we lived through, Nathan? I am so glad 2020 is coming to an end, and it's not just because of the obvious. It's the fact that I feel really old. You know, like staying at home and everything else. Is this what retirement feels like, Roman? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, my wife was yelling at me. She's like, you need some uh, testosterone. All you do is sit around at home. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Where, where am I supposed to go? Yeah, yeah you know what I did is I, I had this like old axe and I went into the backyard and I tried cutting wood because, like, you know, I'm a Coloradan now. And it didn't go very well. I broke things. And she's just like, just, just, just sit down inside and smoke a cigar or something like that. I don't even care anymore. You want to go clubbing, honey? What do you want to yeah, do? Yeah, no, she's like, what, what are you going to do? You're gonna go out, we're gonna hit the strip. Come on, let's go. <laughs> you wanna go on vacation? Where are we gonna go? You wanna go on a cruise? What do you wanna do? You know? It's yeah, seriously, it's just this year sucks. 2021 sounds like it's gonna be a much better year. But this podcast doesn't suck, Nathan, because we're gonna be talking about the 20 cars, the best cars of the year. Uh, and I've got a list and you've got a list, and we made sure that we didn't have the same cars on the list. And we agreed with ourselves, right, yeah. on these cars. Uh, so coming up right now on TFL's Talking Cars, uh, the top 20 cars we drove this year. Sit back and relax or keep driving if you're driving. TFL Talking Cars is on the air, the world's most popular car podcast. Okay, maybe not yet, but we're working on it. All right, Nathan, how do you want to do this? I've got uh, top 10. Uh, you've got top 10. You just want to go back and forth? I want to go back and forth, but I have a caveat. Okay. Not all of these cars are the best cars I've driven, but they were the most memorable cars yeah, that I've driven. Yeah, let's do this. That's really good. I love that. Uh, at the end of this list, we'll have to each pick one. Yeah. You pick one off my list, I'll pick one off your list. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and then we'll argue it out about what's the best car of the year. Okay, well, well, my choice is already better. But okay, let's... <laughs> All right, you start with num number 10 on your list. Okay, um, I'm, t I'm starting big. Okay. The Dodge Durango SRT Hellcat. <laughs> it's not a truck, guys. I know some of you are like, eh, it's almost like a truck. No, it's not. It's, it's basically a car. It's like a super wagon. And it is stupid fast. It has, you know, a Hellcat engine, but it has all-wheel drive. So in many ways, up here in Colorado on our test track. It's one of the fastest vehicles we've driven. It's expensive. $91,000 I think yeah. was the one that we, uh, we had. And it's only being built for one year. Yeah, I know, which is like, get them all you can. But I gotta tell you, other than the really horrific gas mileage, it drove really nice. It handled quite well for a rather heavy vehicle. And it was stupid fast. And it absolutely pisses off my wife, which makes it an awesome car. Well, you know, uh, how could you go wrong putting a 700 horsepower Hellcat power plant under the hood of a family truckster? You know, how could you go wrong? You can't go wrong with that. You can't go Hellcat wrong. Hellcat everything, damn it. Yeah, and, you know, making it all-wheel drive, uh, you know, making it a three-row. For God's sakes, that's just... Um, and the seats are really comfortable, too, by the way. They really are. And the interior, I think, is quite nice. Yeah, and I think, you know, they, they hit the uh, styling just right. It's not mm -hmm. like... Boyhood racer, but it's not you know a little bit understated. So you know it, it, people will know that you are in uh, 
a very serious performance machine. But what's really when funny, you're taking your kids to the school? When you're taking kids to school, which I can't, you know. When the next time I get one, hopefully everything's mellow with COVID and I can take my kid back to school, I will be obnoxious like I normally am going through the car line. Rung, rung! Oh, just the idea of angering teachers with a childhood father. I love it. Well, Nathan, my number 10 is going to outdo yours okay. in every uh, sense of the, uh, well, especially in the financial sense, because my number 10 is $191,000. And it's parked right now uh, next to our offices. <laughs> it's the uh, Mercedes-Benz GLS, but the Maybach version of it. The Maybach version. Yep. Huh? Yep. What yep. a, um, yeah, that car is quite an expression on wheels, isn't it? Yeah, the paint itself is $18,000. <laughs> it's a two-tone paint job, bro. <laughs> you, can get a, you can get a Kia for that, dude. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, when you when, when you guys pulled up, uh, Tommy was, was pulling up in it, and I, I was looking at him, and Tommy practically had a micrometer outside making sure that he parked it exactly right. Um, it's not an inexpensive vehicle. Did you, did you see the uh, running boards that come out? They look like they look like uh, pontoons or outriggers. They're that big. And they're they're really big. It, everything on it's just overdone. Oh yeah, yeah. So basically, it's a GLS that they've Maybach, right? And Maybach yeah. is like used to be Mercedes Uber luxury division. Well, they sort of kind of still are, right? They are, yeah. But now they've actually you know applied that Maybach treatment to a lot of their more pedestrian cars, if, if a GLS is pedestrian. Yeah. Uh, and so what they've done is they've taken those kind of airplane luxury seats, put them in the back, gotten rid of the middle row, put a little refrigerator back there so you have your champagne and your... Ah. Uh, yeah, put it on 22s and give it my favorite feature, Nathan, which is the uh, Maybach mode dynamic driving characteristics. You know what that does? I was hoping it would produce a humidor that you can use, but no, I guess when, not. When you put it into Maybach mode, yeah. it drives like a 1970s Cadillac. <laughs> oh, so it's like, oh, okay, really mushy. Is, is the power steering like overboosted then? Even, you know, it's got a twin turbo V8. Even that is like toned down. So it, it kind of accelerates just a little bit slower than if you had it in sport uh, mode. But it's perfect. It's like you're like, oh, just lofting in luxury. Uh, and the other cool thing about it is uh, it's so quiet that I could like be, you know, sitting in the thing and my wife could be yelling at me outside and I'd be like, what, honey? Sorry. Sorry, but what? Uh, what? A, I can't hear you yeah, over I, my extremely expensive SUV. Yes, 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 <laughs> I know. I, I, you know, um, I've seen other Mybox new ones yeah. and uh, the wheels on the one that, you're, that you've been driving uh, are interesting. I like the other wheels a little bit better, which are even more out, um, you know, ostentatious, I should say. I, it's not um, a vehicle I would drive every day. I'd be terrified of getting it scratched. Yeah, me too. And, uh, like, there are some compromises. For instance, that refrigerator that, you know, holds your champagne. Yeah. It uh, takes up a lot of room in the back. So when you, you know, open up the back, there's this big refrigerator back there. <laughs> you can curl Tommy up and put him in there if he needs yeah. to cool off. So if you, if you want to carry a lot of Stuff. This is probably not. It's one of those vehicles, you know, that's more for the passenger in the back seat than the driver in the front seat. Yeah, yeah. I, this is something that I, you know, how much is a G wagon? Like a fully loaded, kitted out, ridiculous AMG G wagon. Like one twenty six and go to like one seventy. Right, right. This now, is more those are all over Beverly Hills, yeah. and they're absolutely useless in in Southern California, with minor exceptions. This would be a better choice for those people. Would you agree? I agree. It's it's much more luxurious. It makes much more of a statement. And dude, it even has its own Maybach perfumed air scent. So when you get into it, you you, you know the the, the, the the air conditioning or heater gently wafts the smell of, well, I, I suppose it's money. <laughs> or, yeah, I was going to say, it's not exactly like Axe body wash scent or anything like that, is it? It's not like... No, no. It certainly smells of, um, of a relaxation. It's like you're walking into a spa, right? It oh. feels like that. Yeah, but see, that wouldn't relax me. I, I'd want to smell like old leather, motor oil, <laughs> and cigar smell. So you'd want like the... Stale uh, beer. Yeah, you'd want, you'd want like, like the old uh, mechanic shop. Where yes, they have the yeah, half -naked uh, that picture relaxes. of the woman. And yes, <laughs> thank you. I want that to be projected on the side of it. Then he's like, okay, that's worth a hundred and whatever thousand dollars. All right, what's your number nine? My number nine is the Lexus GSF. And I say that with a tear rolling mm. down my eye because it's going away. The GSF was, is one of the last hurrahs amongst big V8s, outstanding power, great handling in a proper four-door sedan. And Lexus is getting rid of it, which is a real shame because it's just such a beast. And I, do you remember when we went to um, 
uh, New Orleans. Yeah. Now, granted, we didn't drive that vehicle, but we drove its brother, the two-door version. Right. Right. With that trick differential. Yeah. And I just fell in love with that. Nola, I think it was. Yeah, we were at Nola. Nola, Yeah. And you know, ever since then, I've driven probably six of these, and every single time, I kept saying to myself the same thing: if I needed a car like this. This would be the car I would buy. You know, uh, it's a car that I, I, I think is kind of like the right car, wrong brand, right? It's the mm. kind of car that a lot of people appreciate like five or ten years after uh, it's been sold because they, they realize at that point that's a car that you can hoon. But w- when you're buying it at a Lexus dealership, you know, I think the average age of a Lexus buyer is probably my age. Ugh, terrifying. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't even go there. You went there. Or older, maybe, actually. Yeah, I would say right? probably you know, in these, the these, early 60s is yeah, these, probably. Yeah, these are not people who are, you know, who are out there doing burnouts, and yet this car is capable of that. And so the people who would want to use it for that are probably a little bit, uh, well, younger, uh, but don't have the funds to afford a car that, that, that's got such a, a powerful V8, uh, yeah, and yet it, it's so expensive and luxurious. But And there's, there's just so much to it too it does everything right with with the exception okay it doesn't great mileage who cares the, the the thing about that vehicle is that it sounds good it feels good i think it looks great well it's also and, sedan right so I mean, it is but it's also subdued but for those people those people who are on the streets who know what this is are like okay that's a cool car you know and i mean just immediately it's a cool car I, I really see very few negatives about it, except one time when they gave me that one. And I remember when they gave us one, it had uh, all seasons and it was snowing, yeah, kind of like it is now. Yeah. yeah, I could not keep that. I couldn't drive straight down the street. I yeah. could not. Well, I mean, no, the traction no control was freaking out. No doubt, so, man. Yeah, that's the one problem with it. But anyway, yeah, that's my number nine. I'm sad that they're getting rid of it. I think it's just an amazing car. All right, my number nine, actually, we bought this year. So a lot of these cars we bought because mm. we loved them. Uh, that's the Tesla Model Y. Um, you know, it um, had some uh, teething issues, <laughs> like the back door <laughs> refused to open. That, it, 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 right now, it's debating whether or not it wants to open right now. <laughs> uh, and let's face it, the build quality on this is, uh, you know, certainly not up to <laughs> Lexus standards. Uh, just not up to Toyota standards. <laughs> Sorry, it's, uh, it's not. But, you know, as a, as a, it's the most popular car that Tesla's selling by far. I want to say almost like two thirds of two thirds of all Tesla sales are no model Ys. Yeah, uh, and it's just right in the sweet spot. We got the performance. Uh, ironically, it's supposed to do zero to sixty in like three point four, and we could never get it faster than three point seven or eight, mm-hmm. which is you know you know it's like a half a second off what it's supposed to be getting. And it's funny because uh, the uh, Model Three was right on what, what yeah. that we had what it was supposed to do zero to sixty. The Model X was slower. Same yeah, problem. Yeah, we had the same problem with the Model. Um, so I, I don't know, you know, it can't blame altitude because electric cars aren't... I have a theory that altitude actually helps uh, electric it, it cars. Would, you think, like a yeah. golf ball flies farther. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but beyond I, that, you know, uh, it's crazy quick, it's, uh, you know, easy to drive, uh, it's got almost 300 miles of range, we put snow, well, these all-weather tires on it now, so it's actually good in the snow. Yeah, I was going to wonder, I, I didn't know yet how it drove in the snow. Yeah, uh, it does okay with those uh, new all-weather tires uh, that, mm. we, that we put on them, the cross... Cross, oh, I don't want to get it wrong, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but, but the, uh, yeah, uh, and, you know, you feel good driving it. I mean, it, it's just kind of the right size, too. You know, I, I, I am uh, eating a little bit of crow because I didn't think that the Model Y would be as popular as it is. Um, I still think it's too Tom, expensive. Tommy thinks it looks like a, a boulder fell on a catfish. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like in a cartoon. Uh, yeah, it, it, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the design. It's okay. Um, I think the um, Mustang Mach-E, I'm not even going to call it Mustang anymore, I think the Mach-E looks a little bit better. Um, but in terms of overall design of its powertrain and the way it runs and how fast that thing is, I'm really impressed. I really, really am. It, it's just such a fast car. I, not exactly a track star. Or no, no. You know, this is a it's it's, it's that, a crossover. Here's, here's a secret that we'll let you in on. And if you're an electric car fan, you probably know this, but you know Tesla doesn't talk about this very much, nor do the Tesla fanboys. But most electric Teslas, if you put them on the track, will quickly derate themselves. <laughs> because what will happen is you'll do like one or two laps, and it's, they're putting out so much power that either the batteries start to overheat or the cables going from the batteries start to overheat. And so right, they, go they got to power down. Right, right, they power down. And actually, the, the Teslas that went up Pikes Peak after like the first... Uh, a couple of miles also derated themselves. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just they're just too much, too much electricity. So they're great in a straight line, mm-hmm. uh, like drag racing, because you know it's 
10 seconds or 12 seconds or whatever it is yeah but you know around the track uh they, they um they're not grand on and off and on and off with the accelerator is going to definitely cause them to so, fry so, so, so they, yeah they don't fry they just they kind of just put themselves into kind of you know to prevent themselves from frying, from frying yeah, yeah. Right, what's your next one um the toyota supra this is yeah. another one with yeah. a caveat i don't fit dude huh i don't fit well you know you know what um did you notice that when you sit inside of it, the way the roof slopes back, you're not able to really look over your shoulder and see outside. Mm. Uh, you probably have that problem worse than I do because you have, you know, you're taller than I am. Um, so the car isn't really great for fit, but I think that the powertrain is, yeah, I'm, I'm ticked that it's on Toyota. I know Toyota could do it on their own and do their own way, but the BMW powertrain that they have is remarkable. That thing, I drove it in the rain, I drove it in the snow, and, and the four-cylinder, it's okay. But that six-cylinder is just so quick. It is a lot of fun. The problem with that vehicle is I think they priced themselves a little bit out of the competition, even with the four-cylinder. And there's so much good about that car, but the fact of the matter is you're driving a half BMW, half Toyota, and you never get that out of your head. For some people out there, it doesn't matter, but others, it does. Yeah, uh, it's a great car. Uh, you know, if you can get past the fact that it's uh, not a pure Toyota. Yeah, it, it truly is not. It, it's, then, it's, it's a BMW. It's, yeah, but it's fine. You know, if you don't mind, if you like, I mean, BMW builds some of the best straight sixes, the smoothest straight sixes, no, and you've got without this a doubt. incredible straight six, you know, in a, a very sexy car, you know, and if you can't get over the fact that, you know, it is a BMW power plant, you'd rather have the old classic, you know. Toyota with, you know, the beefy uh, six cylinders that they used to build and four cylinders yeah. and whatnot. I, I, I just say, you know, move on. <laughs> it needs a manual transmission as an option. It, I, I think it was a huge mistake. I know they wouldn't sell that many because people are terrified of manuals nowadays, but I think that they should have had just like a real brief run of manual transmissions just to satisfy people like me who are like, it's a pure sports car when you can shift your own gears. All right, my number eight, Nathan, is sitting, once again, outside of our offices. Uh, it's the new Pacifica, uh, the minivan. Which surprised me when we were talking about this list earlier, that you actually chose a minivan, but you know, go on, go on, explain yeah, you know, why. I got to drive that across country last summer, uh, not the new one, the previous one, and mm -hmm. the new one's actually better in pretty much every single way. Uh, and there's nothing better for a road trip vehicle than a minivan. I you know, and completely now, agree with you on now that. Now that they've got all-wheel drive again, which mm -hmm. they had to have, right? Because it's Sienna and the Odyssey also have it. Uh, uh, and there's a hybrid version. Uh, but let's face it, the, uh, the 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 Chrysler kind of invented the minivan, and, and that's one place uh, certainly that they still excel at um, at kind of family-friendly vehicles. And, and Toyota and um, of course brings reliability. Honda brings a lot of kind of. In, you know, engineering, uh, but uh, man, uh, the Pacifica has all of that uh, and a lot of um, really cool interior now. So they really upgrade oh, well, the their interior. interiors are beautiful. Yeah, now. the interior is really yeah. gorgeous uh, and just a ton of practicality. Right, you've got the stow and go seating, which you, you cannot get on the plug-in hybrid. By the way, you, right? You, yeah, because yeah, the batteries, the batteries are there. But Act you know, stuff that, that only they have. I have an interesting side note on that. Uh, did you know that the uh, center row for the plug-in hybrid is more comfortable than the center row on the regular one with a stow-and-go? Hmm. The reason why is because the stow-and-go seats have to have slightly less padding in order to be, you know, foldable and tumble. Yeah. Um, the one so as a like a little gift to those people, like I'm sorry, these won't fold all the way into the floor, but we're going to give you a little extra padding. So that's what the, yeah. the guys at FCI did. So the stow-and-go, just so you're familiar with it, basically uh, the second and third row just completely disappear into the floor, and you've got this incredible huge. You know, bigger than any SUV that I know yeah, of. The, yeah, exactly. You could you could throw you know a family of um, five with their dogs in there, and, and yeah, <laughs> they could sit there and they'd be comfortable. Yeah, it's 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 a huge surface, and the cool thing about minivans that a lot of people just don't seem to understand, uh, because they're out there buying SUVs left and right, and many of those SUVs, in order to have an SUV, you have to have a, it lifted, and so your cockpit shrinks, and then to get to the back seat of any of those SUVs, even giant ones like a Suburban, you still have to duck and crawl and kind of get to that seat. In a minivan, yeah, you have to duck, but you don't really have to crawl. You just kind of casually yeah, go to the back. And you got these two huge openings on both sides. Big doors. Yeah, it's And it's the great. seats are so much more comfortable, yeah. and there's just so much more room. And I want to say that the a hybrid version uh, gets something like five to 600 miles of range, too. It's incredible. Something, something like yeah. that. It's I think it's like around 25 miles on pure electric. Yeah. And I had one for a week, right when they came out, and I, I drove my kids 
pre-COVID, obviously, uh, back and forth to school. And I didn't use a gallon of gas in that whole week. The only time I sucked up gas was when I was driving back and forth to Boulder from Denver. Otherwise, didn't use any. It was great, but you can't get the all-wheel drive no, with the plug-in hybrid. The new all-wheel drive system, Roman, <coughs> is fantastic. It works great, and it's with that nine-speed automatic, which they really honed in on and made it a much better automatic transmission. So I agree with you. It, out of all the vans out there, it's one of the best minivans out there. Yeah, they, they still, you know, they still lead that segment in a lot of ways. All right, what's your next one? What's Mine um, number seven, uh, I believe. Yeah, number seven is the Honda Civic uh, Si. Hmm. I think it's such a bargain for such a fun car. It, yes, there are faster cars out there, but the, the, the idea that you're driving a vehicle in the $20,000 range that is that much fun, that has great economy, that has fairly good utility, it's just such a great car. I'd say the one thing that um, I'm, uh, some people are sad about, I don't really care, is that they're getting rid of the uh, two-door coupe um, but that's okay because, personally speaking, I prefer a larger vehicle with a little bit more utility, and you can get that. So I think the Honda uh, Civic Si is just a fantastic car. I think it's also overlooked. I think people, you know, either get the Civic or they want the Type R. Right. And this one's kind of in the middle, and so people are like, uh. It does it, have one issue. It does have that rev hang problem, right? When you're shifting it and you uh, floor it, and then you. You know, go from first to second. Those revs just hang. It doesn't want to come down. If you, but you, when you, when you learn it, yeah. when you figure it out, how how it works, you can make that car really, really fast. I'm able to keep up with any GTI on the street. You know, for the most part, yeah. unless we're on like a full blown racetrack. I, it, I, I think it suffers, like I say, from the fact that it's just kind of in between. You know, the the the, the regular turbo mm -hmm. uh, and then the Type R, and so people don't really kind of they kind of they don't notice it. They don't understand that there's this mid level of, of Civic that they could get very affordably. I want to say what twenty five to twenty seven thousand for can, a lot of performance. Yeah, you, you can get a lot in the mid twenties, even actually even lower than that in some cases. And you know what's what's great is that it gets actually really good mileage. Yeah, it um, does. Yeah, I mean it's it's just a fantastic vehicle. Zach took one of those cross country. Uh, Zach, our one of our our, our main. Uh, guy yep. here and he got great mileage with it and he had a lot of fun with it the manual transmission in that car Honda builds a great manual transmission for front-wheel drive cars so now, yeah really rewarding little car now my next car is the one you want to buy right now and hold on to because or give it to your kids because it will appreciate like crazy uh, it's gonna be the one that people are gonna want uh, and there's a number of reasons for that number one they don't sell a lot of them and number two it's the last of its breed and I'm of course talking about this is kind of a truck but it's on this list the Land Cruiser uh, Heritage Edition the 200 series <laughs> it's a total truck <laughs> but you love it I know how much you love it and so, so yeah so, so I, I get what it what they did with the Heritage Edition was they put on cool wheels right these yeah. kind of bronzy cool wheels uh, they uh, got rid of the rear kind of jump seats which is fine you know uh, and then they put on I think it's a Baja rack uh, but, you know, it's the last of the 200 series. We don't know if they're going to be bringing the next generation of Land Cruisers. Yeah, in. we're really hoping that they will. Yeah, we're hoping that they will, but, you know, right now the word is that they probably won't because they're only selling like 3,000 of these. It's crazy expensive. The one we were testing was $91,000. Uh, you a know, lot of dough. At that point, you might as well get the Lexus version of it. Uh, yeah, yeah but, I guess. But I'm the Lexus version has hydraulic suspension, which is actually not bad. Uh, but the Land Cruiser has, you know, regular steel springs, so you're not going to have any of those issues with, you know, the, the, the suspensions that lift up and down that eventually fail, because they will fail. Even, even hydraulic, I think, has issues. You, you know, you know uh, Land Cruisers are a gem. From day one, any Land Cruiser you get is an awesome I, vehicle. I think it's the best-built car in the world. It's, it's one of the best-built cars in the world. In, in the factory. There's a one guy who's run that factory forever mm -hmm. in Japan and, you know, built alongside the Lexus version. And uh, there's just nothing. You know, most cars are built for, what, 10, 15 years, right? Mm -hmm. I think Toyota builds this for, like, 25 years. I mean, that, that, that's the cycle that they want to put it through. And, and, yeah. and they will last that long. I, 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 They're I, overbuilt. I, I challenge you, you know, to go on Craigslist and find like an 80 series with less than 200,000 miles. You won't. Yeah. You won't. I, I, a long time ago, I tried to buy one. Yeah. And it's actually when I wound up buying a Land Rover instead yeah. because I just couldn't find one that was in my price range that had reasonable miles on it. And you know what? Looking back on it, I probably would have been better off with a vehicle that had 200,000 miles than a Land Rover that had... Um, yeah, you know, eighty thousand miles on it. Sad but true. All right, what's your number uh, six, Nathan? 
It's the Mazda 3 Turbo. Ooh, I think they did a hell of a good job styling that vehicle. That is, it's, I've always liked the Mazda 3. Horse, as, horse and rider as one, Nathan. <laughs> horse and rider as one, uh, <laughs> Kodo design and all yeah. that. But the thing is, is that uh, with the Mazda 3 Turbo, I know a lot of people are really upset that it's not the Mazda Speed 3, that they didn't bring it back. And Mazda's sort of like, here's what Mazda's trying to do. They're getting out of the inexpensive car racket and they're getting to the more premium car racket. At least that's what they want you to think. And if you look at the interiors on the vehicles, including that CX-9 we have sitting outside right now, they're fantastic. They are definitely at a much higher level. So you take the Mazda 3, you put in the really beefy four-cylinder turbocharged engine that you have inside vehicles like the CX-9 and the CX-5 as an uh, option in the CX-5. And unfortunately, you don't put in a manual transmission, but you have a pretty decent six-speed automatic transmission, which hooks up really well. And you have basically a relatively inexpensive luxury car that has all-wheel drive and is fast. So that combination with a really good-looking car, I just love it. Yeah, the biggest issue with uh, Mazda for me is not the interior, is not the styling, is not the power plant. It's just that infotainment is always like two generations behind. It's they, a little they, bit they better now. This, yeah, but, but, but once again, it's better, but it's still a generation behind. Yeah, right? I, I'm not going to disagree right. with you there. That's probably the weakest point of that yeah. whole design because everything else, the materials are really good. The leathers are great. You know, all that is great. The infotainment system does feel like it's a generation behind. I yeah. absolutely agree with yeah, you. Yeah, and there's kind of, you know, Volvo used to be kind of... Oh, God, that. Volvo still is. Come on. Well, they were... No, in terms of kind of where they placed themselves, right? You had like, you had like you know, Chevys and uh, Hondas and, you know, the regular cars. Then you had the premium brands like Mercedes. And, and Volvo was somewhere in between there, right? So yeah, they, they yeah. Were, And that's kind of where Mazda is at now. They're, they're not quite like at the same level as just, a, you know... A Toyota and Honda, Honda. They're above so them. In, in terms of kind of their quality yeah. and their... Styling. And they want to do that, but in terms of the infotainment system, when you were saying Volvo, yeah. it's like, oh, Volvo's known for horrible infotainment systems. All right, my number six, Nathan, is going to be controversial, and that's because it's the uh, Land Rover Defender. It's parked right in front of me. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah, I, I, if we turned the cameras around, we could see the back you, of it right now. You know right what now. I found? It's been parked there since last week, since we took it off. And it's, it's still running. It's, no, the, <laughs> the front suspension had drooped. Oh, no. Yeah, it was like the, the, the front air suspension was down, the back was... So I was like, oh my God, is this thing broken? I sat and it started up, it came right back up. But mm. it shouldn't like droop, should it? I don't know. Well, uh, well actually, well, that makes sense because what you want to do is let the billows out so they're not... Uh, but the being... back was up. Yeah, but the back has a different setup than the front in terms of suspension setup. Uh, anyway... I'm, gonna, I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. Uh, me too. I'm, I, you know, I, I think they... <laughs> it's good looking. They nailed it out of the ballpark in terms of design, in terms of kind of uh, the functionality of it, right? You, you can have it as a two-row or a three-row. Uh, you can, you know, have it in... A lot of different flavors that you know you can start at a relatively basic defender and move it all the way up you know i mean there's like thirty thousand dollars between the basic one or even forty thousand and, mm. and, and the x right the one that's got all the bells and whistles um roman loves it so much he bought it three times yeah <laughs> three times he yeah. absolutely <laughs> so i i'm i am like i am i am like such a glutton for I'm punishment a, i'm a fanboy for a land rover i'm cheering i'm hoping it doesn't uh you know, but if uh, if this airs and you're watching the video that we did when we took it off road, uh, you'll see that we had issues with it. So I'm not going to say more than that because I don't want to, you know, yeah, spoil spoil the surprise. Nothing, nothing that that you know took it out of service, but nevertheless there were issues. With it's it. it's still on its wheels and it made it back to the garage, which is great. I, I think it's a fantastic looking vehicle. I just think that they overtecked it. And um, I, yeah, I think there was just a lot, a confluence of a lot of different factors. First, they built a new factory in Slovakia, mm. right? Uh, then they put the just Slovakians. a boatload of tech into it. Yeah. I, not just like you know, electronics, but also like there's a new engine, right? Mm -hmm. The straight six turbo. Uh, and I think that whole confluence of things just was maybe a little too much for a pretty small I company. I just don't think they tested it enough. I, I, maybe they didn't test it enough. I don't you know. know. It's, just, it's, it's a real pity because it has presence. Sitting in our garage, whenever I walk past it, it's just like, that's a damn good looking vehicle. It looks really cool and I want to beat up on it. Of course, Roman won't let me do that um, for obvious reasons because we've been through three of them. But the thing is, is that um, I, I agree with you. I think it looks absolutely the business. The interior and exterior design are fantastic. And the engineering could use a little bit of help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. I think that's fair enough to say. I think that's fair. All right, what's your number five, Nathan? Uh, okay, uh, it's the Acura TLX A-Spec. Mm. The new Acura TLX looks the business. I know, they did. 
they just knocked out of the ballpark. I mean, it's, the rest of their vehicles have to look this good, if yeah, not better. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely spectacular, especially from behind. I love the look of that thing. The front is good, but the back is just out of this world. The the the, the, the fender design, yeah. every you know, the much more shapely, sexy look to it. Why can't more automakers do this? And the thing is, is that for a long time, Acura has been floundering in terms of design. You know, when they had that that, that Beaver the bottle <laughs> opener grill for a while, and the, the Bird the, Beak, the, and the all those things. Um, I've always been an Acura fan. I completely admit it. I've owned Acuras before. To me, it's just like, it's a better Honda. This is a whole different league because it's not just really good looking. It drives great. I actually got a chance to take one of them, uh, the one that we had. It was kind of like a fiery blue thing. And I went on some roads and it was great. And I thought, mm, let's see what the wife thinks. And I only had it for one day when it went with her. She loved it. And I thought, uh-uh, that means a bad vehicle. But then I started getting obnoxious with it and driving it fast. And she's like, oh my God, this is just too, you're, you're, you're blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, great, good car. She didn't like it because of that. My, my only, my only um, wish, okay, I'm gonna call it a wish, is that, you know, I mean, once upon a time there were like, you know, there was, a, there was the vanilla brand and then there was the M or the AMG, right? Mm -hmm. And then they started to put another middle level, right? The, the M look or the S line, right? right. Not the Audi. S or not the Audi RS, but the S line and, and the A specs kind of like that, right? It, it's not full on like Gonzo. I, you know, I would have loved to see more power. Well, that's the thing is that it's not a power thing, but it is a suspension and brake upgrade yeah, to entire upgrade. But you know what I'm saying? I'd like to yeah. have like the, the the full on fire breathing, you know, you know, track monster. Give it another twenty horsepower, you know, or something like that, you know, and, and make it yeah a manual well, transmission. I'll take more like a hundred, but anyway. <laughs> well, no, but it was it was plenty quick. I yeah. mean, that car was just remarkable. I saw, yeah, that's. That. But, but you could tell the quality is there, the interior design is there, really the exterior good. design is there. Yeah, it's comfortable. I would uh, like a different uh, shifter, but you know, that's just a minor issue. The rest of that car is just fantastic. The, the problem is that segment is now ruled by Tesla, once again. Yeah, but I can't find a Tesla for that price that, that would compete, yeah. honestly. Yeah, all right. You know. Well, my, my number five is an interesting one. That it's actually going away, um, and or if it isn't away, it will be soon. And I hated the car when we first tested it the first two times, maybe three times, actually. Uh, and now that we own it, I actually uh, really appreciate it and love it. I've learned to love it. It's the BMW i3. Uh, so we bought, uh, because they're cheap now, we bought the 2014, which was the first year, mm -hmm. uh, with the... Uh, Range Rex, extender. Yeah, so you can get them either you know with the battery, or you can get them with the battery and a little Kimco, which is a scooter manufacturer, motorcycle, Korean manufacturer motorcycle, 600cc engine that, that basically acts as a range extender. Mm -hmm. um, it's not hooked up to anything, it's just a generator. It's just a generator, it doesn't actually power the, it doesn't turn the wheels, it, it charges a battery. Right. Uh, and we're going to do a love and trials on it, and it's going to be terrifying because we've already done it kind of without actually filming it. And what happens is when you run out of uh, battery power, the, the motor doesn't have enough, the engine doesn't have enough power to actually, you know, completely charge the battery, so you're going pretty slow. It's a limp home style it's thing. It's a limp home, yeah, in the mountains, not, like, around here, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, but we're talking about high elevation yeah, yeah, and hard. Yeah, going up a, a big hill. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, what I love about it is, um, it's the, it's a really good size, mm. so it's, I usually don't like the clam-shaped doors, but this one actually has this kind of really bright, open, airy cabin. So it's you, a very good cabin. Yeah, so you feel like there's just a lot of air and a lot of of space around you. It feels very modern in that regard. Yeah. People don't like the look. I actually don't mind the look. I think it's... It you know, grows on you, doesn't it? It does grow on you. It looks like one of those, like, it's like one of that, uh, this is an old reference, the sleeper car in... Uh, uh, oh, Woody in Allen. the movie Sleeper. Yeah, yeah. With Woody Allen? Yeah, yeah. like that. Wow, body, like you just car. dated yourself big time, bro. Yeah. But, uh, but you know what I mean? No, no, I, I, it's, I, I, it's kind of got a retro futuristic look to it. You know that this is one of the few cars that's almost completely bespoke. The design of that vehicle, the, the, the entire shell of it, which is extremely safe and very stiff, is uh, mostly carbon fiber. Right. And you know, for the price of what you're paying, you're getting super high tech. Um, the powertrain is completely unique to that vehicle. The wheels are unique to it. The suspension is unique to it. It's not sharing very many components other than a couple interior components and like door handles or whatever with other BMW products. So what you're getting is what should be an extraordinarily expensive car for pennies on the dollar. I would say my only issue with the car is um, it is rear drive. They don't have an all-wheel drive version of it. It's 
okay in the snow, but it has these super narrow tires that are basically motorcycle tires. Yeah. Which can be an issue in some climates. Well, ours have snow tires, so when, you know, when you put Blizzaks on there, right, which those are, yeah. then they're fine. So, so it's fine yeah, with yeah, those? Yeah, I haven't yeah. driven in the snow with those yet. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it, it's like any rear-wheel drive car with dedicated snow tires. And it came with them, so, you know. Um, and like I said, we paid, it's a 2014, it had 21,000 miles on it, and we paid 12,500. Now, we did have a, mi a couple minor issues with it, yeah, but the, the, we, they've all been resolved. Well, they were expensive. It was $1,600 to fix the gas tank issue. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we, we also bought it with a transferable warranty, and so it was, after we paid $200 to transfer the warranty, thank you, BMW, it, you know, it was covered under uh, the CPO. You mean the Germans made it difficult? <laughs> Never. Never. All right, Nine. What's, what, what's your number four, dude? Okay, so speaking of electric vehicles, um, now remember, not all of these vehicles are necessarily the best. This one is, and I'm only briefly going to talk about it, but it's the Echo 3 Tuk Tuk. <laughs> we drove, I've driven two of them. Um, um, it's, it's a rickshaw with uh, an electric motor. Um, I drove it up to Buffalo Bill's Grave, which is a very difficult climb for an electric vehicle, especially one that has a tiny battery. The reason I drove two is because the first one had, um, you know, basic battery. This new one has lithium-ion battery, better range, better, much better power. But the thing about it is, it's not great, N not at all. It, it's it's actually kind of sort of terrifying to take it into heavy traffic around town. It's fine. It's actually kind of a cool little car. The thing about it is, um, it's so different and it's so unique. I've never driven anything quite like it. Probably will never drive anything like it again. You know, it's just a fish out of water, though. It just, you know, it's 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 in the wrong environment. Yeah. Denver, it's as a city, it's okay. It'd be much better in a much dense, much denser population, like you know, Bangkok, Bangkok, yeah, H Hong Kong, um, you know, Beijing, Philippines, yeah, and, and which is what it's built for. Um, but they market it here as a vehicle that you can drive back and forth to, you know, school if you're at a university or you know downtown and I totally get that um, and it's got a warranty and you can get air conditioning with it and a whole bunch of other things interesting vehicle um, not something that I would buy I mean it's for the same price I bought a used Nissan Leaf which I'm much happier with it's a proper car but it was entertaining and it's something I will never forget driving you gotta watch that video, guys. Yeah, it's 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 obnoxious, Just watch but the it's video. fun. Yeah. All right, number four, Nathan, is the uh, for me Genesis uh, GV80. It's their new. Uh, you know, Hyundai's new luxury brand crossover. And it's the beautiful. The interior is just out of this world. I mean, they completely, like, rewrote the book on what an interior should look like. Well, you know, they hired away a whole bunch of people from, from Bentley, from Rolls-Royce, from Audi. Yeah, they're redefining they, luxury. In a lot yeah, of and, they, and they basically built the vehicle for a quarter the price of, you know, your super high-end luxury yeah, SUVs. I would, I would put it up against the Bentayga. I'd put it up Without against the Maybach, uh, you know, GLS. It's it's that good inside. It is absolutely gorgeous. When I saw the interior, I stunned, and I kept that, you know, I was bugging Tommy, who was going to do the video, and I said, you know, so was this $100,000? And he just kept looking at me like I was an idiot, because yeah. it's not even close. Very affordable car for that type of luxury. It's just ridiculous. And all reports indicate that it is going to be extraordinary, not just on the road, but off-road too. It's supposed to have a pretty good off-road system. So uh, we're still looking forward to driving it. We had it here. We couldn't drive it. We could just kind of, you know, in the parking lot. Yes. Yeah. Look at it. Um, so I'm looking forward to driving it. But it's it's a game changer in a lot of ways. All right. What's your uh, next one? Number three, Nathan. Number three, speaking of luxury, yeah. is the Lexus LC 500 convertible. That whoa, yellow. Whoa, whoa. Oh, beautiful car. Oh, I love that car. The yeah. most beautiful Lexus. Lexus is built in my mind. I think it's probably one of the most beautiful cars, period, right now. Right now, in terms of a modern yeah. car? Yeah. Absolutely. It is just, guys, it has such street presence. It's, it's one of those vehicles where an idiot like me can look like a smart guy by driving it. Uh, I mean, I'm serious. It, there, there's not a lot about it that makes it too terribly special. The one we had had the V8. Um, wasn't really, I mean, it's, it's quick, yeah. it was fast, and it handled quite nice, but it's, it's a GT car. Yeah. It's not a full-blown sports like, car. Like 400 ish horsepower. Yeah, it, 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 even though it looks like it, it, it looks like it could, it could compete with like a Lamborghini or something, it can't. No. no, 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 not even. doesn't matter. Because it's a cruiser. That, it's like the one you take up PCH one. That, yes, or cross-country. That okay. thing is comfortable yeah. enough to take cross-country. The thing about it is, when you park it and you walk away from it, you are always tempted to turn your head and look at it because it is that good looking. It's like an Aston Martin in terms of just its presence. 
beautiful car. Yeah, you know, uh, it just shows you how hard it is to get car design like that pitch perfect correct, right? Because there's this interplay of like the in intricacies of all the little details in the vehicle. Oh, there's that, so many. That then when you kind of walk away from it, blend into this beautiful sensual shape that you know you, you just take in without seeing the details. And it's not until you get close that you actually start to see the different components of it and how much there's kind of this, almost like this boomerang shape that is throughout the entire vehicle. Yeah, uh, repeated. Yeah, it just shows you how hard it is to get that pitch perfect correct, and they did it. They uh, absolutely knocked they it out of the park. And, and there's maybe one out of a uh, hundred cars that gets it that correct, or maybe more. You know, one one car in every ten years comes along that's that like that that stylistically just on message for what it is. Yeah, it is just beautiful, and and kudos to the interior and exterior design on that car. Now, my next car isn't very pretty. Okay, <laughs> it's exactly the opposite. Actually, I would say uh, they, they they completely missed. Uh, uh, the styling, but I love the car anyway. It's the uh, uh, Hyundai Nexo, which is the hydrogen-powered car. Yeah, so I haven't driven it. What do you think? Uh, you know, they, they, Hyundai, thank you. They shipped us one. We, we, we thought we could actually fill it up here because we have the National Center for Atmospheric Research, which has a hydrogen station. Yeah. Uh, so we thought we could just go and fill it up, and they said, no, COVID, you can't come by, as if you're going to oh. get COVID by filling up a hydrogen car somehow. Okay, well, that's, yeah, that's how it's passed along, guys. Well, yeah, still, I mean, yeah, I, I understand <laughs> them being on, careful, yeah. but yeah. You're outside. I know, you're outside, and it's, it's, it's a, technically so, it's a so, gas So pump. I'm going to give a big, you know, boo to the National Center for Atmospheric Research, which, you know, isn't helping uh, actually do their job by not allowing journalists to fill up with hydrogen. Uh, but uh, the car, in terms of the technology in it, is so cool, Nathan. Uh, you know, the design is kind of frumpy. Uh, what I want from a hydrogen car is something that's swoopy and Jetson-like, right? Something that says, screams the future. Because whenever you have a car and the only thing that comes out the tailpipe is water, that is way cool. Yeah. And there's so much you could do with that, right? You could, I mean, it would be cool if that water actually went like through some kind of pipe that you could see inside the car. You know what I mean? Like, oh, the, so you actually see the, the method, the, how it's happening, yeah, how it's you, converting. Yeah, then, then you feel good about the fact that you're driving this thing and, oh, look, it's only water coming out. Or maybe just, hell, fill up a water bottle in the car. I mean, there's so much you could do with that. The thing about it is, uh, and, and you know, a lot of people are saying hydrogen could be the, you know, the fuel of the future, and I would agree with the exception of the fact of actually making the hydrogen is so, extremely expensive and difficult. So it depends where the hydrogen comes from, right? Mm. I mean, if it's, you know, if you're making it, it's expensive. Uh, basically, Hyundai is paying you to buy that car right now. Yeah. Because they're, they're giving you, when you lease it, like $16,000, I think, if I remember right, worth of hydrogen to fill it up. There's only like, you know, less than 100 stations in California right now. But here's the thing, guys. So Tesla, right, when they went out and actually built the car, they also built the charging network. Yeah. The problem with both Hyundai and I'm going to go with Honda with their hydrogen car and now Toyota with the new Mirai is they're kind of thinking about it in an old school way. Hey, we build the cars and we'll let somebody else deal with so, it. Yeah. But they should be thinking about it like Tesla. They should be making the, the, the infrastructure commitment I right, to, build a, the, to build the stations as well. I would agree, but at the same time, that's extraordinarily expensive. Hydrogen Tesla did it. Yeah, but it's not the same to have a charger thing versus a, a hydrogen station. Storing hydrogen is a completely different thing. Yeah, I know, but then you get together with, like, I don't know, pick Shell or the gas station, and you partner with them, right? You yeah. Don't, you don't, I mean, I don't there are, the station's already there. Yeah, you know, no, 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 I, I get your point. I just, I and just that's think, what's happening in California, right? It's like you've got the main gas station, and then off on the side is the hydrogen station. Right, and... It's, and, and it's just a... Dude, it's just a container. It's not like it's... Right, it's like a big tank that they, you know, under pressure, that they fill with hydrogen from a truck. Which makes an amazing explosion if it's detonated. Yeah, yeah, if you detonate it, right. Yeah. Another thing, real quickly, about hydrogen is that um, a funny connection with uh, electric vehicles. Hydrogen could be the way to fix the problem of having um, electric charge places in in points where you don't have a connection to a grid, because they can basically run like a generator, and yeah, um, you they, could, you could, that that car could power your house. Yeah, so you could if basically you make a hydrogen a, generator. You need an inverter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically. You, you can make one, and I've seen them, and actually. Um, well, well in, in Japan, a lot of the cars actually do have inverters built into them. So yeah, you could plug your house into them, literally. I have an inverter for my Nissan. I haven't tried it yet, um, but for my little yeah. Nissan Leaf, I can plug in you know, a microwave and, and run it if I needed to in an emergency. Or a refrigerator, which right. is... Well, know. let's get to the, the you know, yeah, the, number the, the three top now. Two. Number two. What's number two on your list? Uh, number two is the Honda Civic Type R. Now, oh, I know I mentioned you got, that... You got, you got the... S and the Type R. I love them Dude, both. How do you fit in that seat? Okay, so that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. 
Getting my big American ass into that seat is not easy. The seat is super over bolstered. Oh now, I hear God. that they're actually addressing that with the next version of it. Oh. Um, they, they really did take no compromise in terms of sales. Uh, oh. you know, they made no compromise in performance, but it's got to be killing their sales. I love that car, but I do not fit. No, but they've actually managed to sell them, which is why they're, they're still building them. And they're building new versions of them and limited edition ones. The, the Honda Civic Type R is one of the best handling cars I've driven, period. That seat is designed for Paul, our race car driver. Yeah, yeah, with, who's, who's tiny. He's like, you know, what, 110 pounds soaking wet and, you know, four foot nine. You know, he's, he's a little guy. Uh, former Stig, by the way. The thing is, is that with me, once I sandwich myself in there and my gelatinous body actually moves around <laughs> the co components of the seat, and I strap myself in. Once I'm in there for a few all right, minutes. All right, Honda, here's what it feels like for me, okay? <laughs> Imagine sitting in a car and then just go to the hardware store and get two two by fours and ram them against the side of, <laughs> side of your, your body and then try driving. That's, that's because, what it feels like driving the Type R. That's because Roman is like a Czech version of Schwarzenegger. He's so, like, oh, right. you know, thinking, I'm soft two, around two, the two sides. Two by fours just jabbed in my side. So eventually, my big fat body will mold to the seat, <laughs> but it really shouldn't be like that. The seat really should mold to the driver and take into account so, Honda so that I'm not, uh, you know, exclusively the only large American who would like to drive one. There's a new special edition. We were supposed to go out and drive it on the track. Yeah, I know. But COVID, we, COVID. we could. So they're going to send it to us. So thank you, Honda. They'll, they'll send they us only one. built a few hundred of them, right? Yeah, they're going to send us one. We're going to test drive it. And you could you could go and squeeze yourself into that. I'm going to squeeze myself into it. Paul can sit on my lap and we can have some fun. And, you know, drive <laughs> around. Yeah, you're right. It's a great car. Yeah. There's no, no it's, doubt. It's, it's just what a great handling car. You know, the, a little my, my only issue. A, a little overwrought stylistic. That's what I was going to go with. The seats, yes, that's a problem. But on top of that... You know, they have spoilers and, and stuff hanging off of there, and it's just, it, it screams boy racer. Whereas, and if you look at the Honda Civic SI, it doesn't. And I really wish there was a compromise between the two of them. I don't think you need that massive wing. Um, I think there could be something else. That's one of the issues. And some of the other stuff on it, I just personally speaking, find it to be a little bit too well, youthful. My, my 11 year old son's like, yeah, I like that. But a, 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 as pure of a sports car as you can get with some of the best handling dynamics of any vehicle out Fantastic there. Fantastic handling yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll take on cars twice as expensive. I was keeping up and beating Mustang GTs. Yeah. Yeah, in, in the Rockies. It was extraordinary. Great car. All right. My next car, Nathan, is the one we just had here, the Volvo V70 Cross Country. It's the uh, last of the wagons. What a beautiful car. Yeah, it's a, I, just an absolutely gorgeous car. Inside you know, and out. Inside and out. It's, it's you know, we, I had the V70R. This, of course, isn't the R, but nevertheless, it is a cross-country version of it, which, let's face it, isn't all that cross-country. No, no. I mean, yeah, it's, so. like, it's like the Swedish idea of cross-country, which does not translate well here in Colorado. I, I, don't, I think it does. I think it works well in Colorado. In but Denver, but not once you're off. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's, it's slightly taller, and it's got some cladding on it. You know, it's it it's not off-roading. Tommy and I have both taken those things off-road. But, but there, there are some really cool things about it. Like if you want to put something on the roof, you can actually reach it, right? That's it's the not, great thing about wagons. Yeah. 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 We had a V90 yeah. recently, and we actually did a video where uh, we had Blaze. Sorry, the V90 yeah. uh, cross-country, not the V70. Yeah. I misspoke, yeah. No, no, that's okay. It's a, but the yeah. V70 and V90 are, are brothers, and yeah. you know, the V90 is super long, big wagon, and we had uh, Blaze the Super Puppy who's no longer a little puppy, and I wanted to demonstrate the difference between having the wagon, and then I had a Chevy Tahoe. Yeah, how much taller it is. It, and exactly, just loading the dog in and out of there, especially when you know, I had Tommy do it, because his spindly little arms trying to lift that dog up is adorable. Anyway, the point is, is that the difference between them was really noticeable, and what on top of that, I was able to reach the roof and get to the roof pod. It's just... It's a nice compromise for a lot of people out there who really don't need a giant SUV, and I just think those wagons are understated, and at the same time, I think they're gorgeous. All right, what's your number one? My number one, right behind me. Ah, the yeah. Corvette. Yeah. The Corvette. Now, you yeah. had a lot more experience with it. I've only driven one in anger once. So, it, it uh, did set the track record uh, on our, uh, you know, we're doing the Hot or Not series now for, gosh, it's almost five years with Paul, you know, mm -hmm. taking it around a racetrack. And... Uh, what more can I say? It set the track record, and it was a convertible. And there's a lot of fast cars that are, you know, that we've tested over the last five years, uh, and this thing just obliterated it. This is Chevrolet's moonshot. This yeah, is in, sure. in every way. What they actually, you know, on, on my list, I have the Toyota Supra, yeah. which they're pretty close in price. This car outperforms in every possible way. The only thing. And I say it again, I know I've said it before, I sound like a broken record. I really do wish they had a manual for guys who like manuals. This is the first time I can recall 
the only time Corvette ever built an automatic and not a manual was like way back in their early first generation. This car, however, has a fantastic transmission. It's responsive. You can click through gears incredibly fast. Interior it, is beautiful. You know, the, the, the thing always about Corvettes has been, you know, good looking car, but it's too... You know, it, it doesn't live up to the European standard of... This thing will outperform almost anything that you're... It'll outperform, and it, it, the quality is as good as any Porsche yeah, out there. Yeah, the, the interior yeah. is so much better now. That yeah. was always an issue with yeah, Corvettes. I remember, I, I love, like, the Grand... Remember we had the Grand Sport, but I... Yeah. Uh, this was like a C6, I think, right? Yeah. And we opened the door, and then there was, like, carpet on the door. And I was like, <laughs> carpet on the door? What, what is this, 1972? You yeah, know? yeah. Well, th those, yeah, I, I always felt that, like, Corvettes used to be for guys with giant belt buckles where their tummy completely went over and you know well, they, that dude won't fit in this car no that dude won't that's exactly <laughs> my point i was a little tight in there a lot more comfortable though than the supra and the thing about it was that once i drove it on the highway now i drove it in california i yep. didn't drive it here in colorado um but once i drove it on the highway and i was going from los angeles to san diego it was just a comfortable gt car it settled down it was a remarkably composed car and then when I got back up to uh, Los Angeles, I would take it into the canyons, which is where I grew up, and I drove it like a maniac, and I had a blast, and that car makes up for my idiot driving. It is absolutely uh, just a driver's I car. I have only one complaint, and mm. that is the exhaust is too quiet. You know what? I, I, I agree with you. The old one was I, I, like, I want like, more like, like, like Yeah, Thor laughing. Yeah. You know, this one's kind of just like, it's okay. When you get in it, it sounds pretty good, yeah. and then from the outside it sounds good, but from the inside of the car, you don't really feel the exhaust. I want to feel it if yeah. I'm really in it. Like, I wish there were baffles that did more. Yeah, yeah. You I know agree, what I mean? I agree, yeah. But otherwise, you know. It's just they, an incredible car. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, extraordinary. You, you did really well. And my number one, of course, has to be, this is kind of a swan song, I think, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, if you're going to have, you know, a family sedan, it should be the uh, Dodge Charger Red Eye Wide Body. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just a ridiculous, awesome car. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, seven, almost 800 horsepower yeah. <laughs> in a two-wheel drive family sedan that started Over out 200 as a, miles per hour, too. 202, yeah. It started out as a Mercedes-Benz way back well, in the Well, it, it only shares a couple components with it now. <laughs> but it, the point is, is that they've just gone as far as they can possibly go with that car. And it, but you can hold five people comfortably in it. Know, it's got a big trunk and it cruises kind of nice. Take and that M5. <laughs> I know, seriously. M who? Uh, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And, but it's, but it, it makes a little tiny bit of sense. I would own one of those if I did not live in snow country and if I had the money to and buy one. And as a practical car, it's not. <laughs> no, it's really bad mileage. You can't put the power down even with the white body. No, just, no, again. Right? Uh, fuel economy, if you actually drive it like the way we drove our Hellcat, is horrendous. <laughs> it's actually good if you're just on the highway because that engine Yeah, it'll lop along at like, you know, 1200 RPM. <laughs> I think we were almost getting 30 MPG. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, but, yeah. But once you put your foot in it. The minute oh, you sneeze on the accelerator, <laughs> it drops down to like 8 miles per gallon or something like that. But yeah, but yeah there's just a part of me that, 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 that like, this is way Way cool to have a have a car that you know has uh, family ambitions and has <laughs> almost 800 horsepower under the hood. It's, it's, it's just crazy. ridiculous. And, and let's face it, Nathan, mm. this is a swan song, right? It's, uh, it's well, we said the, that like four years ago. No, no, no. <laughs> the, the next one's going to be somehow electrified. I promise you. Oh, I think that they're going to go with some sort of Alfa Romeo platform, and it's they're going to be to electrified. Yeah. I talked to Ralph. I, he's, he's kind of hinting at it. Ralph yeah. deals, yeah. Ralph is a great guy. Uh, he, not, he didn't say it. I just saying. No, no, I think, it's not announced. No, but, I, I think he was, he was well, kind of hinting. That's at the, the reality is that a lot of people are finding that if you combine you know gas power with electricity. You're able to produce an amazing vehicle if you do it right, which well, some companies that, like make Ford it all wheel drive, that. so it hooks up. Well, that's the other thing; they need all-wheel drive desperately. Yeah. Uh, that car just needs it. What it needs, you can get an all-wheel drive, but you can only get the Pentastar with it. Well, yeah, because you, you would tear the drive truck. More importantly, <laughs> though, if you got what my number one or number ten choice was, the Dodge Durango SRT Hellcat, then you basically have that car with a third-row seat, uh, weighs a little bit more, and unfortunately, the wheels, uh, the tires are not as wide. I know. That's it. We need a wide-body version of the Durango. All right. All right. At the beginning of this uh, uh, episode, Nathan, I said I would pick one off your list, and you pick one off my list. So I'm going to pick one off your list. It's okay. tough. Okay. It's tough for me. because I know you want the tuk-tuk, right? Yeah. It, it's not the tuk-tuk. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the tuk-tuk. It's tough. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, I'll give you my top three. Okay. Uh, Supra, Corvette, and the one that I would pick, 
would be the Lexus uh, convertible. Just because it's so beautiful. It is. It's, it's, it's just timeless. You, you want to bite the back of your hand when you look at it. I, you know, I love the Corvette. You know, I love the power. I love the Supra as well. But that that Lexus convertible, I just see myself, you know, with uh, my lovely wife, top down, driving, you know, up the or down the coast of California, wind in my hair, you know, you know, stopping at bread and breakfast, and just loving every moment of it. That it's, it's car that beautiful. is beautiful, it, it, and that's the image that car definitely. You, you could drive it to Pebble Beach. You yeah. could drive it to Beverly Hills. You could drive it in the mountains. And, and you could drive it to Pebble Beach or Beverly Hills, and there'll be guys in like you know. My box and and they would still give you the you know the yeah, wink or yeah, the nod yeah or Ferraris whatever and they would still be like yeah no that is and it's you know I think it was one hundred and ten thousand dollars which you think about it, it's a bargain for a car that looks that good yeah. I think so yeah, I, I, I think truly especially because it's going to run it, it, in it, ten years no problem it's going to be timeless mm -hmm. right unlike the other convertible you know the the, the SC convertible yeah <laughs> oh god oh, so that's a car that Lexus wants to forget desperately yeah. but it's, this one's going to like you know. It's something I could pass on to Tommy, and you know he'll be taking it to concourses, not not cars and coffee concourses. Concourses like, like thirty years from now. Yeah, 30, in thirty years, this will be a collector car. And if it's not, I don't want to live in a world where it's not a collector's car. Now, amongst the vehicles that you have there, my, my favorite is by far the Dodge. Um, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it's just, it just it fits my character. Yeah. Um, but once again, another expensive car. You're looking at like eighty grand for this thing. Yeah, but if you think about it, it's a bargain. The, the German equivalent of that car is going to be over the 100 grand. The M5 is going to be over like 120. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you think about it, that car is a bargain. Um, and, and once again, it would be a car my wife would hate. Hence, it's a really good car. Um, okay. All right. So now you said that. Now, how about on your list? And I'll, t I'll pick oh, one. Oh, one from my list? Yeah. Which one would you? Um, you know, honestly, I, I have a really hard time looking at cars and not thinking about what they cost, yeah. right? Yeah, I agree. So, so in real, in realistically speaking, um, the Lexus GSF, because I know it will be a somewhat affordable in a year or two, yeah. I would seriously consider actually buying one of those. So if, if, if money were no object, I'd get the Land Cruiser, just because I think it's uh, Well, we're giving cool. Toyota a lot of love, aren't we? Uh, we are. <laughs> uh, but if money were an object, I would, I'm really happy with that i3. I love it that much. Yeah. I really, I really that i3 look, is a really interesting yeah, little for, car. It's, it's what a bargain. You know, you can drive it. Ours gets like 60 miles of all electric range, which is plenty. And then, like, if you go to the airport, right, that's 60 miles. You normally couldn't get back. But with this thing, you can go to the, you know, you go to the airport, it runs out of juice, the range extender kicks in, and you drive it back home. It's no yeah. Problem. And the best thing is, is that we actually have a place to plug it in at the airport if you can find, find, find an open station. Yeah, our airport, Denver, you should be so ashamed of yourself in Denver. They have, <laughs> of, all, of all cities. Of all cities, they have, like, eight electric car charging. Maybe 12. Maybe I'm being generous. Or maybe 16. They're supposed to expand that. Yeah, I think yeah, like that's 16, the announcement. 16. And have Half of them are broken. It, uh, really, six, and they're not even they're not even level two chargers. They're like they're, it's like one ten basically. Yeah, one ten. Yeah, they're yeah. one ten. So if you if you're there for maybe you know a week traveling, your car will charge up. If you're there overnight, good luck. Now, good news about that, real quick, is that the uh, at least the, the 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 park and ride places that they have yeah, around they do, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot the of them have a, a proper level two and higher uh, chargers. Yeah. So yeah, but the airport is just the really is abysmal. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They, Especially they, owning an electric car now that I do. Yeah, they um, really drive off the ball yeah it's, it kind of sucks um anyway and you, and you got to park inside so it's the most expensive yes you can't just do it outdoors no and, no. And, no, no no you no, got to go for like the 25 dollars a night which is crazy. something tells me that there's going to be major changes once the criminals sorry the people who are <laughs> renovating the airport actually uh you know get <laughs> their stuff together yeah. yeah but anyway um you know fun list guys we want to hear about what cars you've either driven or have witnessed that made your list for 2020 uh, it's very interesting to us to see what you guys said. Now, obviously, there are a lot of other cars out there. Now, bear in mind, these are the ones that we've driven in 2020. Yep. Um, in terms of other vehicles, yes, of course, there's Mustangs and, you know, and Camaros and stuff. People may be wondering, where are some of the other, like the Bronco? Yeah. We haven't driven it. Haven't driven it yet. Rivian, we haven't driven it. Haven't driven it. Isn't out there, right? Yeah. Uh, so there, there's a lot of cars that, you know, that, that we think are going to be really cool. Uh, but we haven't had the chance to get, uh, you know, so these are cars that we actually have experience with. Indeed. Now, for those of you out there who are interested in trucks, uh, even though <laughs> Roman added a couple, but he's the boss, he's allowed to do that. Um, we do have a truck podcast yeah. where Andre and I talk about some of the most amazing trucks we've driven in 2020. 
you can guess what some of them are, but some of them might surprise you. And that is on our truck podcast, so don't forget to check it out. Yeah, that was a good one. You guys are talking about the uh, self-inflicted errors and home runs of the uh, truck world. Indeed, and and it, it's it's definitely an interesting unforced list. Errors. Unforced, unforced errors, unforced errors, and home uh, and home runs. Yep. So check, definitely check, worth checking out. Check that out. Well, guys, thanks again for watching, and remember check out uh, TFL car truck for honest and independent reviews. See you guys next time. Ciao. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.